Glad to see all of you today. What a wonderful day of the Lord. Um, that he has gathered us together in his name to come and worship him as we go through the Bible. And today we find ourselves in chapter 9 of the book of Acts. So if you're following with us, please get your finger in that chapter and then we shall pray. And before we pray also, uh, we are aware for those parents who have um, kids who are in school and they're doing their final exams, either it's a KCPE, KCSE, whatever the exam is, the NDA exam, we will be praying for them that the Lord will give them remembrance of the things they have learned in class. Amen. Um, yeah, and it will be a blessing. Let us pray together. God Almighty, our Father and our Savior, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. And we thank you also for gathering us together here in your name, Lord, as we uh, await of your return, Lord, we pray that you help us to be diligent, especially in the public reading of your word and um, encouraging one another as we see those days approaching. We thank even for our children who are in school, who are doing their final exam uh, from this coming week, that, Lord, you give them remembrance and keep them in good health uh, sometimes the parents get worried about them, but Lord, we ask that you'd protect them, Lord, uh, and be with them, Lord, as they will join us, Lord, for this uh, kind of long holiday for them, Lord. We pray that you'd give us good time with them, that would disciple them, that would encourage them and bring them to the ways of the Lord. And this morning, as we go through your word, we pray that you sharpen our minds, to receive and to understand that which you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a subject of a man called Saul, Saul of Tarsus. We'll read a few verses, actually only about nine verses for today, and talk about a few things. So if you have your Bible, let us read together. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priests and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Soul, soul, why do you persecute me? And he said, 
Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and, he, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. This is a man that we, we have heard a little about him in the previous chapters. We did hear from shortly about him in Acts chapter 7 verses 58 and Acts chapter 8 verses 1. He was a zealous Jew who had been born in the city of Tarsus and grew up in Jerusalem. He studied under the best Jewish teachers, including the well-respected teacher called Gamaliel. We'll get to that in Acts chapter 22. Saul also stood in approval of the stoning of Stephen. And he went so far as to watch after the clothes of those who threw stones at Stephen. Following that time, Saul became zealous in trying to stamp out the group of the people who are called the way or the people of the way. At this early time, they never called them Christians. They called them the people of the way. You see, in this First verse, the Bible says they saw still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were off the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now consider this fact. He's been doing this in Jerusalem. He wants to bring people back as far as Damascus, bring them bound to Jerusalem. That is a long distance. Approximately it is over 300 kilometers from Jerusalem to Damascus. And this man wants to go get people there. I mean, how many days is, is it going to take you, you know, you, you have slaves, people bound in chains. How many days are you going to walk? Are you going to give them food? And what is going to happen during the day? Their movement, movement is going to be slow. You know, what, what are you thinking? What is, what is your idea? We see his, actually his idea is to eliminate them so that he remains to be Saul the Great. This Saul of Tarsus 
has encountered Jesus before in other forums. When Jesus was brought before Caiaphas to be questioned, Paul or Saul of Tarsus was there. When the apostle Peter and John was brought before the council, he was there listening. When Stephen was brought before the council of the elders, he was there and he had all the preachings. He had Jesus spoke and he had these disciples speaking about Jesus and especially about the resurrection, which at this point, Saul of Tarsus believed that Jesus was dead and all about him is supposed to be gone. He's supposed to be remain as the great. In fact, his uh, teacher Gamaliel said that the only problem he had with Saul of Tarsus is that he didn't have enough books for him. He was a very brilliant person. And with that comes the ego of wanting to be the great above all. And now you have other people who are not learned. Many of them are Galileans. And these people, they're coming in and they want to teach you the Bible. <laughs> they want to remind you of what is written. One of them who is a Hellenist, who is Stephen, gave them a little bit of a history from Abraham until the times of our Lord Jesus Christ. And at the end, he told them that you are a stiff-necked people, always resisting the Holy Spirit. Do you think Saul of Tarsus is going to take it lightly? I suppose not. He wants to be the great. And we have people who are preaching marvelously, are preaching Jesus as the Messiah, are preaching that he is resurrected. And he doesn't like it. So the things that we are seeing here is that Saul is very mad, he's furious, breathing threats and murder against the disciples of Jesus Christ. In return, Saul is offending the Lord Jesus by persecuting his people. Who are these people? The people of the way. You remember in John chapter 14, verses 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So by doing this to the people of the way, you know, whom you're doing it to? You're doing it to Jesus. Who is the way? He said it, I'm the way. And I don't know why they actually call them the people of the way. Because they know. Jesus is the only way to the Father. No other. Not Muhammad, not Krishna, not whatever name. Smith and all these people is only through Jesus Christ that we have life. And though he continued to persecute these people, the more he tried to 
bring them to jail and to kill the believers, the more they grew stronger and stronger. What a weird, <laughs> you know, way of thinking about it. You kill them and they grow. You kill them, they continue. And this was the quest. And he went to the point of asking physical letters so that he can go to the synagogues in Damascus to go and bring them bound in chains to Jerusalem. People of the way. You know, following Jesus is not just mere words that people say. Following Jesus is a way of our lives and our beliefs. Whatever we speak should be consistent with our daily lives. We don't say this and we do this. We don't do this and we say this. It has to be consistent. That is why it was very noticeable with these disciples of Jesus Christ. They decided that it is Jesus all the way. And the Bible also tells us that he wanted to bring them to Jerusalem, whether men or women. I mean, what, what is your intention? They, I don't know if they customarily did this before, just bounding, you know, people are believing what you don't believe, get them into chains and take them to prison. That is absurd that you would do that. And also by doing that, you, you, you kind of want to, to mess the plan of God by wanting to destroy men and women. At least they understood the definition of a man and a woman, right? It is a man and a woman, not them, not they, not the craziness that we hear in the world. But, I mean, how low can you go to think that now, you know, I, I, I don't want to be regarded as this gender. <laughs> uh, uh, call me them. Maybe it is right to call them them because they have legions in them. <laughs> they have demons in them crying out. <laughs> How many are you? We are many because we are legions. We are them. Anytime you hear, you know, people say, hey, call me them. Like, I know. <laughs> I know who is in you. It's not God. <laughs> Them. It's crazy. And it's crazy how you see men, you know, men with beards, wearing wigs, <laughs> walking around like chicken. It's a shame. It's a shame to manhood. We, we, we are ashamed when we see other men trying to be like women, you know. Men ought to be men. Women ought to be women. The way we relate with one another. Have you, 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 you'll find a group of men, actually the way we talk, we, we, we don't talk like facing each other like 